0: what's going on military cash flow family today we have a great guest Josh Ambrose uh, he is a retired marine he spent 24 years in the in the Marine Corps uh, started off as enlisted went to uh, the officer side and then recently just retired um, and he uh, he works a full-time job but also he owns a franchise a mosquito mosquito hunters franchise um, as well as starting another. Uh, business as well so this this uh, Josh is just is all over the place in a great way right you know you usually here all over the place and it's a bad thing but no Josh is all over the place in a great way. Uh, he has a very very strong why in that you know he's trying to leave a leave a legacy uh, behind <clears throat> behind him. Right. So it's a great conversation. He gives some great advice for transitioning soldiers. We talk about the franchise, how he started it, why he chose it, all those great things. So if you want to find out more, um, or, or if you're interested in, in owning a franchise at some point in the future or just curious about it, stay tuned to this episode. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Nguyen and Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today, we've got a great guest, Josh Ambrose. Thanks so much for coming on today. really appreciate your uh, you, you taking the time out and talking with us. Uh, would you please let our audience know? audience know a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, like you said, my name is Josh Ambrose. I um, grew up in Beaufort, South Carolina. I joined the Marine Corps, barely 18 years old. Like, went to boot camp a half mile away from my home, Paris Island. I uh, Spent 24 years in the Marine Corps. I was enlisted for seven and a half years. Did the MESET program, just to be an officer. Did all sorts of stuff in the military from working on air conditioners, flying jets to uh, spent my last 12 years as a logistics officer. Um, and uh, I retired last year in March. Uh, yeah. Yeah. March of 2021. I had my retirement of 24 years and uh, shortly before retiring, I opened up a mosquito hunters franchise and, um, and, you know, I'm currently in the process right now of helping to build out a franchise concept for holiday lighting, And I also work uh, at a full-time job. So I got a baby on the way. Uh, I've got a two-year-old and a nine-year-old and uh, I am busy,
0: but I love it. What don't you do, man? What don't you do? Yeah, so well, first off, congratulations on your retirement, man. That's a huge feat. Twenty-four years, man. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, thank you for your service, for sure. Uh, that's an amazing feat. Um, before we get into um, starting the franchises and also operating that with a full-time job, the family, and all those other things, the great things that you're doing, let's start at the beginning, man. Yeah. What What, what I guess led you to the military, and yeah, um, what was your what was I guess your what was it like for you growing up, right? Because now you're an yeah. entrepreneur. So, like, did did you get any of that, you know,
1: growing up or what did that look like for you? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not the typical like story of like coming from the poorest of the poorest, but I did not come from a family of money, you know, and, uh, you know, I saw my parents struggle with money um, growing up and, and that kind of was a drive for me to try to go further and do more. And I always knew I wanted to join the Marine Corps. Um, when you're around it all the time, you know, it, it kind of was what I, but I always wanted to be a Marine Corps officer, but I, you know, I had really no one to talk to about college. I didn't really understand how to even apply to college. Um, but I, you know, I even, well, I take that back. I did apply to the Citadel and got accepted, but I had no clue how I was going to pay for it at all. I really didn't have, you know, someone's shoulder to lean on to like, you know, walk through the process. There was no internet back in 1996 and 1997 where you could google it and figure it out so short of a camp you know short of your high school counselors i really didn't have anything so i ended up talking to a recruiter um and he started talking to me about the me set program where um you know you can become a commissioned officer of the marine corps and they can help pay for college so and you can start using tuition assistance at night and i said well this sounds like something i, I might want to do so i start joining the marine corps uh i you know worked my butt off started going to school at night um in good old Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And, uh, that led to, you know, that drive, I I would say probably that drive has always been in me to be doing more. You know, I I never really was the guy going back to the barracks at night and just sitting there. I was going to college at night, you know, and that really, I feel like I went to college almost my whole Marine Corps career, you know, from getting my undergrad to getting my master's, um, my MBA, you know, I was constantly in school. So I was, I think I was groomed to constantly always be doing something. I kind of would also attribute it to my dad. You know, my dad was, he worked really hard for our family. I remember at one point he had three jobs and, and I was even working with him on one of his side jobs, you know, for years cutting grass and stuff like that. So I would say the drive kind of came from there. The Marine Corps helped push it even further and, You know, I think the drive that I had in the Marine Corps helped me, which made me like the Marine Corps even more. I started advancing further. So that helped me out, got commissioned, started doing and being more than I thought I would ever be. So I'm very blessed. I love the Marine Corps. Uh, But I will tell you, when I when I retired, I was ready to retire. And I had a buddy tell me probably a couple of years before I retired. um, uh, and He retired as a major, just like me, 24 years, but he was just a couple of years ahead of me. And I said, man, how do, you, how do you know when it's time to retire? He's like, you will know. And let me tell you what, you will know. When it's your time to retire, you'll know. And then, you just, and then what happens is that just consumes your mind. You know, like it, your mindset is like starts. It's not like you don't care about your job, but like you're constantly thinking about like the next thing. So that really is, you know, how I, I would say like back to your question about how did the franchise theme come up? Well, it's probably tied to me always not sitting idle. Ever since I was a young kid working, I wasn't playing video games uh, all day long. I was outside. I was going to school at night in the Marine Corps. I continued to go to school, you know, getting my MBA. I started when I was in Iraq. I was actually working with the army. Then I was an aide to a one star who ended up being a four star, General Perno for a little while. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that drive has always been to me to constantly do something. So there really is no difference with being a business owner and working full-time, I'm still working full-time and doing something else that consumes my time. So we're just always in you, man. You're always, I I bet you were probably that kid in high school that had like 85 different extracurricular activities. (laughs) (laughs) I was like a jack of all trades and a master of none. I truly was. I played so many sports, but I was really never awesome at one single sport, but I was fairly good. I was like athletic, but not like a master at a single sport. Hey, man. But hey, look look at you now, though. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I got a quick question Um, because you talked about the transition and you're like, hey, you just you just knew that it was time to retire. Right. So I've yes. had this conversation with a few other uh, people that are that's r- hitting that mark. Right. Right. Around that sometimes even around the 10 year mark. And then even those that are like at the 20 year mark and they're like, man, should I push it for a uh, a couple more years and see what, yeah. what it's like. What was that what was that like for you?
1: Was it like one thing or was it like um a bunch of things? Uh it was a few driving factors. So like pers- some personal stuff going on that um made me kind of get to the point where I needed to choose, you know, soon soon I was going to need to choose between my family and the Marine Corps. And I chose my family. Um you know holistically I went through a divorce at the time and since remarried moved on um love my wife love my kids and everything um but I went through a a divorce that was pretty nasty I ended up getting custody of my daughter and for me it was it is your daughter or is it the Marine Corps you can't be a single dad for a long time in the Marine Corps you know and continue to move on you need to have certain billets to continue to progress and so that kind of was a giant factor but like For me, it was like, is it now or is it three years from there? So I was able to extend it out a little bit further, do another duty rotation down here in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where I wanted to end up anyway. Um, And it it ended up working out great. So I would say that was the major push. But then once you kind of know, then it just consumes you. It's like you're constantly thinking about, you know, what to do next, how do I resume and and you're probably, you've probably probably heard from a bunch of people on the podcast that, you know, what it was like, I used to have this conversation with a guy named Tyrone at, at the last job in, on the Marine Corps that I was at. And we knew each other. He was a staff sergeant and I was a sergeant at the time. This is back in Buford in like, uh, geez, like 2002 or 2003 or something. And, and he got out as, uh, as a first sergeant, you know, like 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, there was nothing available for people transitioning. Now it's the exact opposite. Now there's so many things available that it's like the Cheesecake Factory menu. It's just sensory overload. It's like everybody wanting to help you. And you start like trying to figure out what's right for me. You start talking to people and yeah, so it just kind of takes a lot of your time. So like transitioning is a job in itself. Yeah, man, that's interesting, man. That's really interesting because I I kind of,
0: I kind of went through that myself. I'm coming up on my ten year mark, and I was like, "Man, do I want to, you know, yeah, do I want to get in? Or do I want to stay in, or do I want to, you know, get out and pursue this full time? You know." So right. ultimately, I ended up, you know, I ended up staying, staying in. But yeah. um, but my my business partner Mike, uh, he's kind of the same way. But he ended up getting out and doing some great things as well. So right, um, so I don't know. I, I just like asking that question. I think it's really interesting. But yeah. um, getting into the, uh, I guess let's phase it into the entrepreneurship, right? So you got out. And then I'm assuming you got a full-time job as soon as you got out or like kind of close to, you know, you know when you got out.
1: Yeah, I had a job, you know, I started network, you know, I started listening to people um, that had transitioned before me. And I started doing some of the things they were talking about, like getting on LinkedIn, you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn, informational interviews, you know, uh, using LinkedIn to target either people or either employers or employees at an organization that you think you might want to work for. Um, I even had a mentor through American Corporate Partners, which I highly recommend uh, to anyone. It's a great free mentorship program for those transitioning. Um, and so I did that. I started talking and, um, hold on, what was the question? No, I was just <laughs> trying to not talking man.
0: I was just trying to figure out uh, what your if you already had the full-time job because Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So,
1: so 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 through all this networking here in Jacksonville. I got I, I came in touch with some people and and listen the reality is most people get their jobs from someone they know because 99% of the people don't make it to the applicant tracking software. It's really who do you know and can you get a referral. And so I met somebody and they referred me into uh, the current employer that I'm at right now, I actually got a job offer like six months before I even had my retirement ceremony to start a few months after I retired. So I, I had a job offer like nine months in advance with a signing bonus and everything. So it was it was great. I I got lucky, but I will tell you, no, let me take that back. I didn't get lucky. I I I grinded it out probably two years in advance because some people smarter than me told me, like, if you're not starting the transition two years before and you're starting not networking two years before you're behind the power curve. So I listened to people that had, I didn't want to relearn the same mistakes they learned. And I started networking. I started like doing the informational interviews and, and, and that's how it works. So it, it was a full-time job. If you get out and expect to, a job to just land in your lap, sorry, man. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for your services, what you'll get, but it won't get you the job. And, and that's enough. I,
0: I love talking to uh, people who just recently got out or people that are about to get out too, because in just trying to figure out what their plan is. And a lot of times you'd be surprised, man. A lot of people get out and they're like, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. And that, I guess that's yeah. okay. But it's like, man, you knew you were getting out for the yeah. last
1: three years. You, you, you know, yeah, kinda, I think that's great advice. Definitely start. Well, that we lie to ourselves too. We tell ourselves like, oh, I'm going to be able to get this job. You know, I did this in the military. I did that in the military. no, that really just will that will help you get an interview, but it won't help you get the job that much. You've got to like put in the work. Put in the work, man. You're right. I think you're 100
0: right. That's that's good stuff. But networking two years out, you said American mentorship program, correct? American
1: corporate partners. Oh, American. Corporate it's a free year long mentorship. So for me, I was uh, par- partnering up with. Um, it, it's kind of really just depends on the situation. Do you want a, a mentor that's in a certain area in a certain industry? Um, and for me, I was industry over area. So I was up in New York on Long Island when I was doing it because um, I thought I was getting out a couple of years sooner. So I had a guy named Vinny, he's senior exec with Disney, who's in charge of all costumes. And you're like, what does that got to do with logistics? Turns out everything. It costumes is like his, 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 his responsibility is global on like making sure uniforms, everything is and the designers, the manufacturers, in-house that all of that puzzle together. And I learned a lot from him. It was, but it was also very good because you could ask like questions that you would not be comfortable asking anyone else. Like, Hey, is everyone on a first name basis? How does that work? Or nego- salary negotiation? I learned it's expected. And that's not the norm for us. We don't understand that, you know, yeah. cause we've never done it for the most part. So I, I learned a lot to help me, um, to, to help me not be that guy that came out of the Marine Corps with the high and tight trying to still be a Marine officer in the civilian clams, world. Eating crabs, dude. Yeah, just like, I want yeah. a job. Got, <laughs> got my belt buckle and my polo shirt. No, <laughs> no. Nah. That didn't work in the civilian world. So I learned a lot, and I'm very grateful for that that mentorship. Love it. All right, let's
0: take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books, you'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group, where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing, producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team, and maintain that property. You'll find our one on one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS we will even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. So just really quick, because I'm sure a lot of our audience that are transitioning, we have a lot of them that are listening. So the American Corporate Partners, anyone can look that up? Is that like a military sponsored type thing? Yeah,
1: it's for the military. So (laughs) it pairs. So they've got all these uh, companies out there that have people that want to support military and want to mentor them and give advice. And and it's not designed to help you get a job, but a lot of times it helps you get a job, you know, through the end of the mentorship. But um, it's free. It's for transitioning military members as well as their spouses. And it's a nonprofit. They're based out of New York. Um, and I'm a huge fan of them. And the, another thing that I'm like, so I I had a passion for for mentoring those that are transitioning or getting ready to transition as well. Um, and I've carried that on to the franchise because I mentor some people, a lot, uh, three people in franchise now. But I wanted to tell them, like, here's the things that I found useful. Here's the things that I found a waste of time. So I talked to everyone about American Corporate Partners. I talked to them about Candorful. Candorful is a free, this is all for transitioning military members. It's a free um, nonprofit that will pair you up and give you three real life interviews for practice. And that, that was amazing because I've never been interviewed before. So you literally Act, you act like you're getting interviewed. They're asking you questions. You're responding back, and then they give you feedback, so that when you go to do it for real, it helps you out. And that's C A N just... uh, D E R F U L. D O R
0: F U L. Candorful. Okay, cool. I just want to put these links down below too after the uh, yeah after the interview. So those of you guys out there listening that might be transitioning or know someone who's transitioning,
1: um, yeah, you can give this to them or their spouse. <clears throat> and then the other biggest advice I give is LinkedIn. If you if you don't have a LinkedIn profile now, you need to do it. Um, you know, there's people out there that have, you know, Michael Quinn's got that LinkedIn cheat sheet to help you kind of build out your basic profile. I will tell you look at people's profiles who you think look decent and look good and do what we do in the military plagiarize, copy, you know, you don't have to be word for word, but look at how they're structured and make yours look like that because when you start networking, that the first time someone looks at your LinkedIn profile was probably their last time they're going to look at it. So you want to make sure that's set up good first. And then you start reaching out and doing informational interviews and power and leverage the power of LinkedIn by filtering down. Like if you want to go work for, uh, if you want to go work for Citibank, you know, or you want to go work for some logistics company, whatever, search it, filter down for employees, search the employees that are veterans and go down and just start sending them connection requests with the message say, Hey, I would love to hear your transition story.
0: It really is that easy. You guys have no idea how many people I've met through LinkedIn just by, you know, doing exactly what Josh has talked about. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. You're right about that. I, I
1: love that. It used, Great note. it used to be the, the, the death wish. If you transition, if you retired or transitioned out of the military overseas, because like you, how you're not, if you're not standing overseas, you want to come back to the States. How do you network? Well, LinkedIn solved that problem. Great. You're right. So,
0: so you got out, you retired, you had a full, you have a full-time job. Why entrepreneurship? I mean, I assume that, you know, with your retirement benefits, your retirement pay, maybe you have yeah. a little bit of disability and then you yeah. have a full-time job on that. I assume you're getting by just fine. So why And outside of like you're a busybody and you're, you're like, like doing things, but why entrepreneurship? Why, why start another
1: business? I'll crack a joke first because my wife loves animals and we have way too many, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is true. But that's not the real reason. Um, I I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And in that process, you know, people ask you the worst question ever you can be asked is, what do you want to do when you get out? And it's such a hard question to answer because we always fall back to the stereotypical answers. Well, my passion is leading people. I'm really good at leading people. i like to be in a position where I lead people. The reality was this after 24 years, I, I, I wanted to be, I didn't want, and I didn't realize it until people started talking about this concept of individual contributor. Once I learned what that was, I was like, uh, I want to be an individual contributor. I don't want to leave people anymore. I don't want to, you know, I, I loved it. I want to break from it for a little while. Um, but yeah, so I, I started to go down that path, but, um, I, so when I was going through the, the, Rigmarole, trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, one of the things I did was I did like informational um, webinar from Amazon about the DSP program. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it's amazing. The problem is it's really hard to get one of the. So the the DSP program, I think it stands for Delivery Service Partner. So everyone that delivers your packages from Amazon is those are not Amazon employees, and they're not um, those trucks and everything are not owned by Amazon. It's a small business owner that's paired up with Amazon. Um, and it's a great lucrative, you get like the benefits of a franchise without having to pay the royalty and stuff. So I looked into that and I was like, oh, there's nothing in Jacksonville where I am at. So I told my buddy, one of my buddies was, uh, flew with me in the Marine Corps and he got out, was a pilot for Delta and the COVID happened and flying stopped. And he was on the brink of being furloughed. So I was like, Hey man, have you checked this out? Cause he was also contemplating getting his MBA. And he's like, yeah, I looked at it, but, you know, he's living in Atlanta, right? So he's like, the closest thing for me is in Knoxville. And like, that's an hour and a half drive each way. It's like, I can't do that. And he said, he said, well, I actually started talking to a franchise consultant. I'm like, what the heck is that? So he started to tell me more about it. And basically these, these franchise consultants, they help guide you. They're like a, like a counselor, if you will, that you don't pay for their services to pair you up and figure out what might be the best fit for you to do that. So, you know, me never closing any doors on my own, uh, I said, well, let me talk to the guy. It, it was it was a great process. It, that started the process of down of like personality tests to figure out what type of franchise are people with my same personality very successful in. And it whittled it down to like maybe five or so. And then that came down to like looking at the franchise disclosure documents for a three. And then, you know we whittled it down, like giving it scores and figured out where we wanted to go. And then it was just a discovery process. And, and to be quite honest with you, I never thought I'd be a business owner. I didn't come from money. So in my mindset, business owners are people that either A, had a lot of money, come from money, or B, they just had a strong entrepreneurial mindset. So I never saw myself as being a business owner. But then I will tell you, I'm also not someone who closes doors on my own. So I listened And I was like intrigued a little bit. And that's how it started. Yeah, man. So,
0: so you went to the, what do you, what do you say they were franchise? um, Franchise.
1: um, Some people call them franchise brokers. Some people call them franchise business consultants.
0: Okay. I've heard the brokers. That's what it is a franchise broker. Um, And they basically helped you, they helped navigate you through that process, basically.
1: Yeah. And they don't, you don't pay them. They get paid by the franchise if you decide to buy a friend, buy into a franchise. Nice. So they're like realtors for businesses. Yeah, they're like your (laughs) advocate to help you because they want you to be successful and they want to pair you up with something that will work. Um, And so, I mean, they they even paired me up with somebody to help me with the SBA loan and everything. So Mosquitoes hunter franchises—that's
0: where it all comes comes from. So you got paired up. What matched you so well with mosquito mosquito hunter uh, the mosquito hunter franchise and versus any other things? Like, was it? You said it was whittled down to three. Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Three, what were the three and then why mosquito hunters?
1: It was, it was another painting company and it was this one. I'm trying to think now, two years ago, almost. Uh, I can't remember what the third one was, but what the industry was what kind of I chose first. And what I liked about the industry was was you can do a home-based business. So you don't have to have a storefront build out a store or anything like that. There wasn't a lot of employees you had to manage from the get go. Um, you know, and it was recurring revenue. So the customer count just continues to build and build each year, you know, like 80 to 80 to 84% return each year. So you're gaining more, you lose a little bit, you're gaining more, you lose And you're just going more and you're building your business more and more. Um, the one downside to some people is it could be seasonal, but down here in Jacksonville, Florida, it's not that seasonal. But recurring revenue, home-based business, low startup costs. Oh, and the other thing was, what type of ownership was it? Is it passive, semi-passive, or, or owner-operator? So like, from my understanding, if, you're, if you uh, are a franchisee for a Chick-fil-A, you're expected to be in the store six days a week. Well, that wouldn't have worked for me because I knew I was already going to work with another full-time job. So I needed to be able to have semi-passive ownership, and, and this um, allows for that as well. Nice. So so you,
0: I understand all the reasons why you pick mosquito hunters. Um, and that sounds great. I'm just still like kind of, you know, amazed that you're doing it with a full time job, you know, doing the semi semi passive, right? So yeah. how are you actually managing that? Like, how does that work with the, you know, you said you got, you, you got one on the way, you're married, you know, you got a family and then working the full time job. And now you have the entrepreneur or you have the right. mosquito hunters on top of that. How are you managing <clears> all that?
1: Well, the first, um, my retirement was in March. My, but I was still on terminal leave until um, end of June, and then I started getting paid from the bank in July. So I only had one month without getting paid, and I, I didn't really start doing anything with the other job until about end of September. So that part of it is I had um, some cushion the first six months of the business going to just solely dedicate to that. But then by that point, you know, so. When I first became an officer, it was very difficult, like it is for everyone to stop being a doer and being like a a delegator, if you will. Like, hey, you know, you give, you give, you know, instructions, you get feedback, you get, you give information, you get information back, but you're not the one doing it. And, you know, it probably took to by the time I was a captain that I realized like um, people will thrive if you just empower them to do it. They may not do it exactly how you want it. But if you empower them to do it, they will get it done, and they will go even further than you think they can. So I brought on that same concept here. You know, matter of fact, my two main employees, I have two Marines with me as well. Uh, it just has happenstance that the first one I hired, his name is Robbie. He was a Marine. Um, and then I ended up hiring his brother later. But for the first year or so, I had my dad. My dad came out of retirement and helped me out with it. But once I started... Um, Working with the bank, you know, I started leveraging other people to help me out. Now I was still doing stuff. So like at night, I was trying to build the social media on the weekends, making videos, um, still doing the QuickBooks and stuff. But I was able to leverage everyone else to help me with things that need to be done. But the one problem that I was having was answering the phone calls. And I've recently solved that problem because, you know, I get a phone call from a new customer or or an existing customer and I'd have to like step away from my desk or I'd have to like, like not answer the call and then call them back, say, hey, sorry, I missed your call. So I most recently, am, I've gone through the process and I, and I gave a job offer to a, 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 um, a virtual assistant. It's, so it's somebody in the Philippines that I've been able, to, like I use the company to vet them to, um, you know, cause for me, like their, their, their spoken language was more important than their written because I, I need someone to answer the phone and call customers, do all the things that I haven't been able to do that can also help me grow the business. And that's how I've solved that problem. So I employed and I have empowered employees to do things more and they love it. And, and then I've also hired a virtual assistant to be able to help me do all that. That's amazing, man. That's great. Um, I've had a, a couple of, um,
0: I've hired a couple of years from the Philippines as well, man. They're they're excellent workers. They're extremely yeah. intelligent and yes. you know college educated and yes. you know they're 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 really good. So I definitely understand what you mean by uh, I understand why you went that way, right? Right. So I'm curious about the franchise. Uh, so. What does the franchise help you with? Right. Like, so you mentioned, Hey, I had to to answer calls. I don't know. I'm assuming you're going out and actually spraying or or doing the actual treatment on, on the homes or you can actually do that. So that's why you hired a couple of people, but like, what did that building that system look like from, you know, kind of from the ground up, especially while you're working that full time job.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a trade-off. So like you can do it. You can start a business on your own. And the likelihood of success is very low, or you can pay royalties to not learn the hard lessons yourself. That's really franchise or not. And so you're paying for a proven method, um, systems in place, software is in place, um, uh, marketing that's been set and proven to work in a certain way. And so the franchise been re- really good at that. You know, the franchise, you know, is part of an umbrella company. So Happiness Brands owns maids, Mosquito Hunters, and Lawn Doctor. And the marketing is done at the, at the umbrella company level. And I like to tell people it's like varsity-level marketing. Um, they, and, and there's like varsity-level marketing, and I equate them to Costco, because there's so many of us that they can drive the price down. So our marketing dollars goes further, because when you're buying marketing stuff, Know because they also know where they need to outsource and what they can do in house. You know, like, hey, there are people that are much better at SEO content and stuff than us, so we're going to pay them to do it, but we're going to pay them to do it across all of the franchises across three brands, and we're going to negotiate the price down because we can. Because it's you know, we're bringing 1500 franchises to the table by five, you know, so marketing dollars goes further, and they help you with that. There's content. There's also a franchise business advisor that you meet with it like every the week. He's like a coach, franchise coach, trying to you know help you reach further goals. And we do week uh, weekly calls during our what we call our power window, and then it moves to like bi-weekly where we're all getting together. You know, last year was just all the freshmen, but now I'm in the upperclassmen, and so it's all of us like passing ideas off to each other. And honestly, you learn so much from other people that are trying things, um, and you're teaching. You're 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 like saying things that you're trying. So like, you don't get that when you do it by yourself. You know, you're the person looking in the mirror. You don't know, you don't get good ideas like, uh, cause you can't think of all the good ideas. So, I mean, some people may say franchising and, but I will tell you like, it's right for some people. Um, the other thing about franchising is that a franchise will force you to grow faster than what you will force yourself. They will force you to put more money towards marketing than you will be comfortable with because that's the only way you grow. So you have a business like there's, I mean, I've got another guy that I like kind of informally help out that has a business in my neighborhood. And um, you know, it's tough. Cause it's like, ah, oh, I got to spend that much on road signs. I, I, I put out 20. Well, guess what? I put out a thousand the last four months, a thousand road signs. I put out 25,000 door hangers in the last four months. And, you know, I'll work to Google reviews because I understand how much that plays into your SEO, your organic search and stuff. Um, and I would have never known any of that if I was not part of a franchise. I would not have understood how important it is to get Google reviews, respond to them. So it's all of those things that you learn at a much exponentially higher, faster rate than what you would if you kind of tried to figure it out on your own. Yeah, see, so, I mean, you're... you're kind of,
0: kind of paying for
1: somewhat of a success,
0: right? I mean, because if you were to do it yourself, you, you don't, you know, that probability of success is much lower. I mean, you yeah. you're, you're paying just for a little bit more uh, success and a proven system. And I think, I mean, that's usually the way for a lot of people to go. If, if it's not going through a franchise, you'd be hiring a business consultant either way. Yeah.
1: Right? And a business coach.
0: Yeah, man, you're getting it all in one package. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so can you, can you tell us a little bit about like um you've been operating it for a year and a half or two years now, I believe. Right? Yeah. I'm on my second year. Okay. So you've been off, off, uh, operating it for almost for about two years now. Yeah. Uh, what does it look like for you so far as far, I mean, has, I assume it's been worth it because you're continuing to do it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you're, you're able to make some additional cash flows some additional cash um from the business. And at some point you, you, you can easily transition from the bank and use this and you know, do this full-time, right? So what yeah. is your thought process with that? And what does that look like for you?
1: I mean, I don't know if I'll ever leave my other full-time job. Um, you know, it would be, I'd have to ve- have a very compelling argument to leave it, you know. First of all, the business would need to pay me what my full-time job pays me. Um, you know, and the other thing too is if I continue to work my full-time job and I continue to employ other words, you know, I'm trying to build generational wealth, Right. So I'm not trying to just suffice with, you know, having this business grow. Like I've got another business that I'm starting to, you know, help build and work on for holiday lighting. And I would like, and I also want to employ and I want to have an organization where my employees can also move up into the ladder. But if I'm always the guy right there at the top and then they can't move in the position. So I don't know if I'll ever leave the full-time job. Um, But, uh, you know, never say never, who knows, you know, like I enjoy what I do, um, at the bank. I really enjoy working at the bank. That's the other thing too. It's like, when you get out, job satisfaction is extremely important. So, but I do like significantly being an entrepreneur as well. Um, I never stay idle, so it it keeps me busy and and I love it. That's excellent. Hey, so the last question about the front, but about the
0: Mosquito Hunters franchise. Uh, yeah. Before we transition over to the uh, the new venture, right? Is what does the the financing look like to um, to go into a uh, a franchise? I know that's probably like one yeah. of the most common questions. I know there's yeah. VA SBA loans and things like that, but what does that typically look like, and how did you go about uh, go? Yeah, how so I
1: process? mean, you either self fund um, or you get a loan for it, right? So what a lot of people do when they come into the franchising is is they'll do, they'll the form an S-Corp or a C-Corp. Uh, and I highly recommend that you understand what the difference is. The other thing I want to recommend to everyone out there is there's a book called Tax-Free Wealth by Garrett Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. If you have it, for well, me, let me say this. I don't read books, but if you listen to the audio book like I do, um, very enlightening. And it talks about you know how the tax code is written. 90% of it is written to, to tell you how to save money and use the tax code to your advantage. And I learned that being a business owner or a business investor is the only way you can be on the positive side of, of that. So, um, I hold on. I, I get so chai-chai. What was the question again? No,
0: I was trying to figure out what your thought process uh, was, oh. was when, like funding funding. Yeah. Was.
1: So, so if you form, so you got to choose one of two ways, either you're going to self fund it through like you have your own money or you have retirement funds. And you self fund it, and what you do is you take that money and you put it into a C corp, and um, and you fund it that way. Well, for me, I did an S corporation, and I got an SBA loan, and um, it was it wasn't that difficult. What I will tell you is that I think it's better to get loan from someone else first when you you know. And then have your stuff in the reserve if you need to, because what happens is if, if you do the opposite and this money goes down and you're like, oh, I'm still not in the green yet. Nobody's going to give you a loan because when you don't have a business yet and you're starting it up and you're applying for the SBA loan, you, the numbers you're putting on there are all estimates and the estimates are going to look perfect. They're going to look like, Hey, this guy's going to make a million dollars this first year. Right. I'm joking, but kind of not. So you can't do that once you own a business. So, like, if you use your own personal money and the money's going down, you're like, I'm running 95% of people close because they run out of cash flow. So, if you're starting to run out of cash flow and you're trying to figure out how do I come up with more money, you can't get a loan because they're going to say, Hey, let me see your real, your actual profit and loss statements. And at that point, they're going to be like, You're not, you're not positive. No wonder you don't want money. I'm not giving you any money. So, I'm a big fan of get, borrowing other people's money first. <laughs> getting into the positive. And then if you have to have this in reserve, I like that. I like that. Um,
0: that you're hundred percent, right. It's crazy. Cause you know, no one lends you money unless, you know, you look like you don't need it. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird concept. Very well worded. Still. Yeah. So, um, so let's transition over to the, the holiday lighting. So we're adding a, a third coal to the fire now. Right. So yeah. How, w- why holiday lighting and, um, you know, how is that, how is that going? I think, is this going to be your first year doing it this uh, holiday season?
1: Yeah. um, First year, there are multiple friends. There was like a handful of franchisees that are, are, um, that are trying to do it together. And what we're all doing is, you know, we've all gone to um, training. We did a a training in Atlanta together and um, we're just trying to figure it out the first year. Like, how do you do it? How do you install? What type of software should we use? So like, we're, we have weekly meetings where we're trying to, you know, figure out and, and like, Hey, I checked out this software, um, I checked out this CRM, you know, there's this other one that could help us design. So we're like trying to figure it out together, then vice on our own. And then the end, you know, the end result is hopefully that we have something that's a proven method that, you know, um, the happiness brands can start franchising later on, but it's a lot of trial and error and in, in, in figuring out, you know, there's a lot of, there's so many Facebook groups out there that, that I'm a part of that I just learned so much from all of them on it. So, so yeah, so this would be our first year. And then, you know, year two kind of grow a little bit more, train a few more franchisees, you know, I'll, I'll, everyone participating in the first year. They'll go through their, you know, whatever training. And then, just kind of keep growing from there.
0: So this time you and, and a couple of business partners are essentially operating as franchisors this time. You're trying to get the systems together and then- No,
1: you, is, no, is no, that, no, okay. no, no, no. We're helping the franchise. So essentially what we're doing is we're starting our own, we're using like the same trademark, the same um, company name and everything, but we're figuring it out on our own, sharing lesson learned to then make a, a franchise concept so the franchise can start offering it out. So the happiness brands can start offering it out, I guess. So the happiness, so
0: basically you're building the concept, you're building the concept, you're proving the concept, and and you're going to pass that over to the franchise or happiness. You said happiness branch. Yeah. And the, and the, and
1: the happiness and stuff and the franchise, they're, they're, they're playing a large role in it too. So, you know, they're trying to figure out what software we're going to use, you know, um, how, how, what's our, you know, how, how do we get like material? Like the, you know, they're fronting money for like the shots and stuff. So it's it's still the same relationship. The only difference is during the first few years, you know, we're not paying royalties because we're helping figure it out. Okay. That's
0: awesome, man. So you guys get to be in on the ground floor and prove a concept. I and mean, that's yeah, that's gotta be pretty satisfying, man. So um big question, big question. I do have uh you have a family, right? Mm-hmm. How is how is your family adapted, I guess, to to everything that you're doing and how is that support role uh, or that support you know going there because or do you have any like pieces of advice for anyone that's you know kind of kind of doing the same thing that has a family as well
1: yeah um i mean i'll say this like first of all if you don't have drive don't go try to another, start another business don't go try to do something else i mean, you got to have drive to do more right um and so I'm not the type of person that like I'm not watching TV after dinner, and the kids going to bed. I'm not watching TV for hours on hours. I'm working on something with the business, you know, like and and, it, and I'm constantly working on. It. I wake up in the morning instead of, you know, when I was transitioning, instead of getting on Facebook, I was on LinkedIn and doing stuff like that. Now I wake up in the morning. I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm like trying to put together some social media post or something like that. You know, I find little pockets of time here and there. Um, But I also needed, I needed to, you know, be a little cognizant recently of like, okay, this is taking a little bit, sometimes too much time for the family. And that's when it was like, not want to say a wake up call, but a light bulb. So like, someone had told me about a virtual VA a month ago, and then I heard it again, like about a month ago. And then I was like, you know, I've got things that are taking me away from my family that, that are simple things that some other people can do. And I have a need for somebody to just constantly answer the phone. I mean, like you said, these people are, are college educated, highly intelligent people in the Philippines that the cost of living is just so much lower. And so for us, you can get that type of caliber person that can do so much more at a cheaper cost. And, um, so it wasn't kind of a no brainer for me, but I, I was, a little, I, I recently became cognizant. I was like, I need to free up some more of my personal time and of doing small things that, I'm doing nightly um, or throughout the day and like during lunch or something so that I can do other things and also give time to my family. Yeah. Great answer, man.
0: Great answer. So I think uh, a lot of us deal with the same thing, uh, especially that, you know, that has the entrepreneur bug or that wants to do something else uh, wants to, you know, do real estate on the side or whatever they want to do on the side, especially if they're already working a full-time job. That's one yeah. of the hardest things, uh, at least that I have in, in the conversation that I talk to people. They're like, man, just trying to, trying to save up some free time or like whatever I can delegate off to somewhere else, even if it means me paying them uh, that time, that time is so valuable. Yeah, uh, especially when I'm when I'm trying to, you know, see my little kids grow and things like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's for a great my wife's amazing. Um, she works full time. But, you know, when she was about to give birth to our two year old um, a couple of years ago, she went to go quit her job and they wouldn't let her quit. They were like, instead, what if you telework and we'll promote you up to the headquarters level? and so it just worked out great so like she teleworks she takes care of of hudson and you know my nine-year-olds in school so um a lot more flexibility but yeah she holds the fort down um but 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 don't don't get it twisted i'm i'm also doing a lot of stuff for the house and the family and everything too but like i said i just don't have time for tv i don't play video games i don't have time for tv um because i'm driven and i would say i'm i'm driven Going back to the beginning of our talk, I'm driven because I want to provide more for my family than, and give them a better shake you know at life than kind of what I had while still balancing them experiencing adversity you know you, you can't you can't give your kid everything because then you just end up with you know spoiled rotten brats right or 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 even if you build all that wealth and all you know pass that legacy down they're going to ruin it because they don't know how. yeah so it's a fine balancing act you know and so far it's been great you know my daughter has responsibilities and chores and you know she's not one of those people that's like trying to keep up with everything the neighbors have and stuff like that so yeah man i love it love it
0: hey man so uh wrapping up right if there was um you know, one thing that you can pass on to any other service member out there listening that wants to do something similar to what you're doing, maybe it be a franchise and, or have another business, you know, while
1: working a full-time job or whatever, what would that one piece of advice be? Reach out and talk to somebody, reach out and talk to somebody, find out who's kind of maybe doing something, um, you know, have a mindset of like um, wanting to know more and talk to some people and like, Don't be scared of what you hear. Like, just don't close the door on your own. Don't say, I can't do that. You know, I didn't think I could jump out of an airplane when I did it in Fort Benning, Georgia. I did it. I did not think I could land on an aircraft carrier with a jet when I did it. I didn't think I was training for it. I did it. You know, like I didn't think I could be a business owner. I did it. So don't close doors on yourself. Just reach out, talk to people, get more information, get a little more comfortable and figure out what is it that you want to do. But you can't figure it out on your own, you know, and learn lessons from other people that have kind of experienced some of it, and see if it's the right fit for you. Just talk to people, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why we created this podcast. You can hear
0: <laughs> great people talk about these things, reaching out to other people, networking, yeah. you know, uh, kind of pushing beyond your limits, and um, yeah, absolutely love it, man. Absolutely love it. So. Josh, our people are listening right now and they're like, man, this is a great story. I want to reach out to Josh or we got some people, some Jackson delicious. I'm going to definitely uh, give your, your information to my mom. You know, they might need some, uh, <laughs> some mosquito work. We were, I was actually down there this past weekend and we were getting bitten up. So like, yeah, <laughs> it's bad out here. I, I'm going to feel like a hey, mom. I know a guy. <laughs> but it's like um, you're from
1: New York. Everyone yeah. knows a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: But um, so we, our listeners want to know, you know, how to get in contact with
1: you. What's the best way to reach you? Um, if you're the listeners that are this are mostly transitioning service members, right? Like the, For the service, most part,
0: service members, service members in general. Yeah.
1: Or they're professional. Right. So, yeah. uh, or service members in general, they're professional. Um, and, and at some point, those service members are transitioning service members. So I'm going to say contact me on LinkedIn because that's, that's where I want you to go anyway. You know, me forcing you to go through LinkedIn is, is probably the best way, you know, um, to reach me because that will force you to use that tool. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That's great. Hey, well, I
0: thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been great. Thank you so much for, you know, dropping these, uh, dropping these nuggets for us and, uh, you know, kind of, giving us a little glimpse into what it looks like to uh, be a serial entrepreneur and work a full-time job and also have that, you know, I want to leave a legacy for my kids uh, in the background as well there. So yeah, uh, that, that's, that's just great stuff, man. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. And, but, but what I also want to say is send me a connection request with a personal message. Cause I, you will find that at a certain point you start getting connection requests from everyone and their mama that are just salespeople trying to talk to you. So let me know you're not a salesperson. And then I'll answer your messages because I can't answer them anymore if I don't know.
0: A tip with that, right? And you might, I think I already added you on LinkedIn, but you might notice like, uh, on my name under LinkedIn, I have a house there first. So I have a house and then Dan Wynn, right? Yeah. A lot of times you get those spam bots right now. They'll send messages. So I get spam bots. And if I see a house in it, I already know that it's a spam bot, right? So quick, quick, uh, pro LinkedIn tip right there. You know, if you don't want to get those spam bots or you, you want to be able to, you know, delete them really easily, just look for whoever puts the little emoji or whatever you got next to your name. So,
1: and I will say never, um, you should never be sending connection requests without a personal note agreed unless you've already met that person yeah exactly and like in person <laughs> then you could just send a connection request but if you haven't send a note say hey i i, I saw you on this podcast i'd love to pick your brain about this and if people like me and everyone else are always willing to help somebody else figure it out exactly exactly man
0: well um again thanks so much for the conversation i uh, really appreciate your time and uh with that said this is dan Wynn signing off thanks dan